Okay, but once again, though, let's get back on subject here. Mike Valeni is your father figure. No, he is not. You love Valenti. Like, remember, you were swaggerjacking some of his his bits. That's when you get your swag off of. You're not a father figure. Let us be your sports father figure on our podcast with swag on SoundCloud and iTunes at WHUTs after further review. Right straight to the meat and potatoes of it here on 88.3 WHUTs. After further review, let's get into this. David the Man God Harris's Winners and Losers. All right, we're going to start a little bit different on Audible. Start with the winners this week. Um, here in Central New York, the Syracuse Orange continuing to win, continuing to cool Dino Baper's hot seat, possibly National Coach of the Year, considering how the expectations were at the start of the season. Undefeated facing Clemson right now. If they beat Clemson, college game day will definitely be at the Syracuse Notre Dame game next week. But yeah, shout out to the Orange and love to Dino Babers, who's finally, you know, when everything clicks and Syracuse winning, you know, job security is in winning. Didn't so all you got to do is keep it. Didn't he have, uh, wasn't he um, successful his first year or maybe two at Syracuse? Then it, fell, it kind of fell off? Yeah, the past, past couple seasons, in particular, he did start off relatively well. I don't so like overall in the past couple of years use the current record. Um but no, so started off four and eight, four and eight, and then twenty eighteen when they went to the bowl game and won Camping World, that was the last time that they were ranked nationally. So that one year was an outlier for given the record. So five and seven, one and ten, twenty twenty, five and seven last year and now the undefeated start. So really mediocre like outside of that ten and three year, he's he's played you know, he's coached like crap. So I think naturally it was a hot seat, but maybe this year kind of gives him a little bit of jolt of life. Right. So yeah, yeah, you're right. He was on the hot seat. Some people were thinking, My God, what are we gonna do here? This guy just hasn't really produced anything. And remember he did the Falcon fast at Bowling Green a few about what was it, six, seven years ago? And they actually had a little bit of success. And then their program fell off. A lot of people said he left the cupboard bare when he left. Yeah, I'm thinking two, two years at BG, obviously the success and the boat. Yeah, the success that he had there. But, yeah, he came to Syracuse with a lot of expectations. A lot of people kind of were like, oh, who's this coach from the MAC? And mm-hmm. obviously that stuff. And, yeah, outside of that 10-3 and three year um, before the pandemic, you know, Bapers was like, hey, players are leaving, transferring. You know, people are saying, you know, you don't have a sense of locker room. But yeah, Tucker, Tucker's probably going to get some votes. He should be first team All American, my opinion. If not the best running back in the country, top two, top three in, at worst. But yeah, Dino Bapers is happily surprising people. I would say. Yeah, keep going. He, he's 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 surprising me. 
another team that surprised me, people, particularly just last week, is Stanford. Stanford football has been crap for <laughs> the past couple seasons, if we're just going to be honest. We're all kind of wondering how David Shaw is still employed. Um, but yeah, got his signature win against the rival in Notre Dame. I don't know if that says more about Notre Dame and where they're at right now under their first-year head coach or just a rivalry game where we'd say records go out the window. But yeah, I, they won, but that's, that's going to be their marquee victory if we're just going to be 100% honest. Because no one's thinking about Stanford football this year as a legitimate Contender. Yeah, we'll even just say contender. Okay, nice. Yeah, Flipping to the pro game, Philadelphia Eagles remain the, team, the league's only unbeaten. To be fair, and we'll just, you know, I don't want to say, like, like I did see a couple of people online saying, well, Cooper Rush is just from Western Michigan, or excuse me, Central Michigan. Um. Oh, he's just a Mac quarterback. Like they they went undefeated. Granted, did he look like crap on the same night game? Yes. Uh, were there a lot of throws that it's like, Sam, you're you're not playing Buffalo. You can't make those throws, and your wide receivers are going to catch that. Like these are pros. They're Darius Slay, top two corner in the league. So there are a lot of mistakes, but yeah, Philadelphia Eagles did what they need to do. Ran the ball well. I'm not going to say that they are the most complete team, because I still think that when it comes down to it, a better team can beat Philadelphia in a one-off game. But credit where credit's due. Right, that is true. And then the last winter, the rebuild that's happening in Carolina, fire the coach, get rid of your only offensive weapon. Some people are saying, you know, the reason that they haven't traded DJ Moore away is they want to build a team around him, which is DJ Moore really a number one wide receiver to build your team around? That's a whole other conversation. Um, but yeah, the rebuild is happening in earnest, and both Darnold and Mayfield's contracts are off the books after this year. Fully expect Carolina to pick a quarterback with the number one overall pick this year. Right. Oh, Carolina basically... <laughs> They're tanking. I mean, even though they'll say to them, they'll tell you in there. Well, I tell these people this. The organization is tanking. The players themselves, not the the, the players are are always going to be competitive. But let's face it. You know, and I know that you need talent to win. You just get rid of Christian McCaffrey. Baker Mayfield's out. Darnold is out. You're going with you're basically your third string quarterback. You fire the coach. The general manager came in in 2021. He wants to bring in his guys. And you got a whole bunch of draft picks from other people through trades. Uh, the organization is tanking. Now, they might not tell you that, but let's be honest. That's what it is. You're putting out guys that are lesser talented that, yeah, they make the NFL, but they're not starters. They're not stars. They're fringe players. You probably will get the worst, worst record in the league and get the number one pick. Yeah, I, I think all if and it's going to suck because Carolina came into the season with 
I don't want to say expectations to make the playoffs just because they're in the NFC South, so they weren't going to be either the division winner or the second-best team. But there was still some thoughts of, okay, you know, five and six, or five or six wins max just because of the schedule and just coming into the season. It was basically everything was banking on Christian McCaffrey. But now that you trade him away to a 49ers team that really didn't need him because they're not winning the Super Bowl by any means. And not even with adding um, him? No. They're, they're still the second-best team in that division. Okay. Like, I, even with, you know, Cam Makers requesting a trade away, even with the uncertainty about the Rams running back, I would still take that Rams offense right now over San Francisco because, yes, they have a bunch of speedy players, but is Debo Samuel really number one or are you just paying him because he's number one? Now that Christian McCaffrey, what is that going to do to the likes of Jeff Wilson, who outside of his fumble last week and kind of the game scripting, was a pretty serviceable dual threat. Can If Christian McCaffrey gets hurt, which more than likely might happen given his history, are you just going to say, oh, now you have another running back by committee with Jeff Wilson and kind of you're back to square one, and you gave up um, a bunch of mid-tier picks, which... Are are going to add to depth? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I see. What, I see what you're saying, though. Yeah, Carolina is Carolina is definitely going to win this trade just by default because they get the picks, even though you know they're day two, day three guys. But well, day two, day three guys can really do some damage for you. But the fact of the matter is, they're just getting rid of everybody. Yeah, and I I wouldn't be surprised if. Before the draft, DJ Moore is also traded away. So that's a complete, complete. They get the coach that they want in, running back that they want, or yeah, running back that they want in, but they don't really trust Hubbard and quarterback that they want in. Hmm. No, keep going. Switching over to the losers, and boy, there are plenty. Hmm. Uh, we'll, we'll stay in the professional game. That Monday night football game was hot garbage. And please, for the love of God, can Denver not be on primetime football for the next five years? Yeah, they're pretty bad. Like, hot, like, car, hot garbage coach and maybe a washed-up quarterback. Washed-up quarterback. I mean, running back situation was just laughable. Um, the defense actually played well, like considering the fact that Justin Herbert, like they didn't let Justin Herbert do anything. Granted, that, whether that was rib injury or just what I think private play calling that should get the coach and the offense coordinator fired. Yeah, both offenses were just flat. Like, we were all hoping that that game wouldn't go into overtime, and Coach Staley's ineptitude led it into overtime, but that's the whole, yeah. Mm-hmm. Both of these teams should just get rid of the coaching staff. Right. Start all over. <laughs> Throw the whole team away. Except for Austin Eckler. Right. But yeah. another team that with dysfunction, my favorite team, the Arizona Cardinals, Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury. That offense didn't win that game, if you watch that. That that offense still has problems. Even bringing back DeAndre Hopkins, don't throw to him in the red zone. Andy Dalton um, playing like he was in Cincinnati, so Saints fans, Bengals fans, I uh, yeah, agreed upon. This is Andy Dalton that you're going to see a couple times a year. 
But yeah, Ky- Kyler Murray is Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury should both leave Arizona at the end of the season because mm-hmm. neither of them are good at their job. Like you saw with Kyler Murray, I, you you know on the show if you've been listening, my stance on that that whole offense. But yeah, and Cliff Kingsbury just he's not equipped to coach NFL for long term. Like really. Granted, he wasn't even qualified to really get the job to begin with. Um, but yeah, Cliff Kingsbury is a college football coach. And Kyler Murray is not a franchise quarterback. No. You don't think, but wait a minute, you still more of that hate on Arizona, huh? I mean, we, we saw the dust up and we saw the stuff coming out of the locker room in that Thursday night game. But that happens like, though, David. I mean, come on, they're competitors. There's going to be some dust ups and things that go. I mean, I, I don't I just don't understand. I don't get that where people take the stuff that because someone shows emotion. Oh, that means the locker room is messing. Oh, it, it, it's going to be bad when you're a competitor and you're going at it. You're going to have that type of situation where people are going to actually show emotion. I mean, heck, I just got back from practice and, you know, the head coach of our team broke us up, let the assistants do the coaching, and he really observed things. He had to kind of, you know, stop practice to calm us down. It wasn't like we were going at each other's throats, but the players and the coaches, we got so caught up in the contest that we got just a little too competitive. And, you know, we had to be had to be reminded that we're working on stuff. But it was, you know, you you, you learned that, that, but you that's what you want. You don't want non-competitors. I'll tell you that right now. So, I, I don't I don't really get into that. I, I, I don't. I think that's just media fodder. And I think that that's just something, you know, to, to gossip about. Carry on. Well, I mean, I, I think it was more like it happened when, like, there was some mix-ups kind of for the second half that caused Carolina, or Arizona to burn a timeout. So, like, in that situation and context, I think, you know, it happens. You know, there's miscommunication. Like, we see it all the time. I'm getting ready to get to Tom Brady in a second. Mm-hmm. Where quarterback, you know, sh- you want that from your quarterback. But I think that there's just an accumulation of things, just given the history that was coming into the season and kind of some of their interactions. Kind of people are looking and waiting to see kind of how they engage, not just in the public eye, but just on the sideline, knowing that Arizona brought in Cliff. And Cliff came specifically to draft Kyler Murray. Like, they are linked together. We talked about this for the past couple of seasons. Like, the success of Cliff Kingsbury is reliant upon the success of Kyler Murray. And Kyler Murray, if he plays well, Kingsbury, you know, more often than not, you know, gets the easy pass. When they're not, it's like, okay, you two were, you two picked each other. Well, like, you, this was handpicked. So. That's true. Keep going. Um, Cleveland Browns told you so. <laughs> How's that told you so? Bailey Zappi and Radmore Stevenson. And like the New England Patriots went into Cleveland and embarrassed them. And you, you said last week, you know, oh, I'm just sticking the Cleveland against the Cleveland Browns because they're Cleveland Browns. I mean, there's there's just something with this offense that doesn't look right. It's the quarterback, duh. I mean, I, I would. Well, no, 
because when they were playing well, it was like Jacoby Brissett is a serviceable, quarter, serviceable quarterback. He does what they need to do. So is it the quarterback being a game manager when they're winning, but then they don't have a quarterback when they're losing? Like, well, I, I think I, I, what I, how I answer that is, remember, in two games that they were trying to win, he threw crucial interceptions. I mean, they, 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 they're a quarterback away. Yeah. Hopefully, Deshaun Watson will fix, fix that from really being an elite team. Kobe, Kobe, Kobe Percet is a guy that he, he is what he is, a backup. He should be a serviceable backup. Hopefully, he, he can keep you guys in the game. Hopefully, snag a few games. Like He could be like a Cooper Rush. What did Cooper Rush go? Four and one? That's that's what you want out of your backup quarterback. Can he get some wins? Can he make it sustainable? Not get blown out. That's what he is. Is he going to lead you to the promised land? No. But when the game is on the line and you're behind, and you have to pass the ball. Is that quarterback reliable to drive you down the field? And with Brissett, no. That's, that's obvious because that's happened in two or three games where he's thrown crucial interceptions. Um, but you're right. The Browns are the Browns. They're back where. They are. They're at, and um, they could have been better off with Baker Mayfield. But I think maybe Baker Mayfield uh, a little bit more baggage than what it's worth, and what is worth paying him as they were looking at, I believe, the fifth year option with him. So we'll see. Uh, Switching over real quick to uh, well, one final mention: Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. You know, if you were, you know, I guess. Everyone gives Tom Brady a pass for you know yelling at his offensive line for playing well. You played you played poorly. I should have taken the Steelers, gone with my gun to the heart instead of being peer pressured. You know, take the fucking ears. But granted, it was also he he played poorly. The whole offense looked poorly. So it happens, Tom. Welcome mm-hmm. welcome to the rest of the world. Right. Uh, switching really quickly to the college game, and we talked a little bit about it off air. Uh, Tennessee Volunteers fan, like you guys are highly ranked. You're doing damage to the field. Your university has to start a GoFundMe to replace the goalposts, even though they have the money to replace it themselves. That's a whole, you know, <laughs> that's a whole another story that could take a lot of time. Correct. But why why are you storming the field? Like, granted, and, you know, you beat Alabama. That's your quote unquote rival, even though. Tennessee's like Alabama's like fourth rival in the grand scheme of things in terms of like actually where Alabama's fans think the rivalry is. But like you want on a field goal against an Alabama team that has looked shaky. Like yes, you beat Alabama, so I guess Russia field. But my my thing is if you, if you're ranked like if it's a close ranking as it was, why are you rushing the field? Mm-hmm. Just fly. Well, I, they they need to rush the field because Tennessee is. You remember, only a few years ago, Tennessee was a straight train wreck. I mean, heck, they had Peyton Manning rolling in his grave. It's not dead yet. I mean, he just took a picture with one of their wide receivers with a cigar in his mouth. But I mean, that's how bad Tennessee was. Like the, the old old Smokey didn't even want to come to the games. And now that they're undefeated and they beat Alabama, it's about time they rush the field. Well, I think the last time Tennessee beat Alabama was it 2006? Uh, yeah, it was early two, early 2000. Yeah, it was about 2005, 2006, the last time they beat them. So think about it, 17 years? Man, you know, we're 17 to 
or, or, or 16 years since they beat them, yeah, they, 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 they need to get that. They need, they need to crush the field. I mean, they also celebrated like they won the national championship, but I guess, you know, in the SEC East, beating Alabama is like winning a national championship. Right. Um, and then the last one for me, USC, we you know pumped them up a little bit last week as we were talking about UCLA winning and this mm-hmm. being the marquee matchup. All eyes are leading to the L.A. rivalry. And granted, Utah is good. Utah does this every couple of years where they just annoy teams in the Pac-12. You know, they annoy the Oregon by beating the brakes off of them. They annoy, you know, Washington when they were good. They were always a stumbling block. Like Utah, Utah football is just there to disrupt and cause chaos. But USC lost, and now it's not going to be that marquee. All eyes are still going to go on because it's UCLA and USC still one of the marquee rivalries in college football, but it doesn't have that same kind of luster as if both teams were undefeated in conference play. Mm-hmm. And with that, that is winners and losers from an action-packed mid-October weekend. Yeah, can you believe that's mid-October? Now we're in the late October, and we're almost into the November. High school football season just ended. In Michigan and Ohio, the regular season, now they're getting in the playoffs, and we're in the halfway point of college football. And then we're at the quarter, we're almost at the halfway point of, of, of NFL, but they have 17 weeks. What is it, week six now? Or is it week seven? Or week seven. It's week seven, so we're, we're almost 17 games. You're almost at the halfway point. Next week would probably be close enough to the halfway point but no that's this year like I said I seem like this year has been going a lot faster than what I expected yeah time is moving fast and before you know it I mean we're already talking about previews for college college and high school basketball true well you know what's going to go be going fast this segment went by pretty fast we'll take a quick commercial where you're listening to 88.3 WXU. T, make sure you always check us out on SoundCloud and iTunes for segments of our podcast. That's WXUT after further review with a picture of Frank Basher and the horse's head. When we return, I want to hear your top five bowl predictions. We wanted to do that last week, but we ran out of time. So we'll we'll go with that. So when we return, we'll go with David the Man of God Harris's bowl predictions for the NBA regular season for 22 and 23. We'll be back after this.